What's up, everybody? It's your main man, Mitch, and welcome to another episode of the Wise Guys Podcast. What's up, O? What's good, bro? You all right? chilling? What up, Dewey? What's going on? How y'all doing today? Doing pretty good, good man. Today, we got a special guest, man. She's going to tell us why cash is king and credit is queen. My better half, Charmel. Yes, sir. Ooh, make some noise, Charmel, y'all. <laughs> First guest, baby. Yeah, man. And then after that, we're going to drop the Black Business Support segment for y'all again, man. We're going to continue supporting black businesses. And then we're going to finally drop another segment of our Black Movie Review. And this week, we're doing New Jack City. With no further ado, let's get right to it. Welcome to the mic, Charmel. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you guys for show. having me. Welcome yeah, show. welcome to the show. Glad to be First here. First guest alert. Yay. Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. We bring you on here today to break down your your theory about how credit is a uh, queen and cash is king. All right. Thank you guys once again for having me. Um, definitely a pleasure to be here. And simple overview of cash is king and credit is queen. The bottom line is about being able to manage your finances at your level and not spending beyond what you could actually afford to live. So no living off $40 pretty much. No living off $40. Or no whole bunch of Fashion Nova boxes or Amazon boxes coming hey, to your Hey, 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 hey. I'm just hey. saying, I'm trying to reach out to so free. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all honesty, though, I've actually been doing financial coaching for about eight years. Uh -huh. And I work for a nonprofit organization. And one thing that I did realize in working for this company is that our culture directly is probably a little bit underserved. Underserved, underserved. with financial understanding. That's right. And the bottom line is that the more education that we have, the better we are making financial choices and better life that we can live and maintain for ourselves. Right. That's true. The theory of cash is king and credit is queen. I hear a lot of people, you know, doing everything they can to improve their credit score, get a higher credit score, not realizing if your main goal to get a higher credit score is to spend more money well, you're not really advancing in life. Mm. So I heard a, um, one of my financial mentors some time ago told me that, if you make a million dollars, you spend a million dollars, you're still considered broke. Exactly. Yeah. So the bottom line is making sure that what you are establishing is not only just about having a higher credit score so that you can borrow more money, yeah. but putting the earnings that you do have right now into perspective to build a better financial future. And if you should need your credit, such as buying a $200,000 home, if that isn't within your budget to do so, then that makes sense. Mm. But not having $200,000 worth of consumer debts and then try to purchase that same home because you can afford the payments don't mean you can afford that lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're right. That's something that, you know, I guess me and dude didn't talk about privately, but mm -hmm. that's something we would want to bring to the show. Just ways that also make sure we're teaching our kids about financial responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody so, don't got much money. Nah. Who <laughs> The fans watching. <laughs> so Man. what so so you know, basically you saying that it's cool to have cash. Mm -hmm. Cash is you know, like you say, cash is king and it's important. Mm -hmm. However, you don't want to you don't wanna replace one with the other. Well, it's good to have both. Okay. It's good to have both. But what I would say again is that more so building up. So if I had lost my job today, mm -hmm. right? I don't want to have $3,000 on a credit card limit because guess what? I got to pay it back. And the moment I can't, that credit limit is gone. Exactly. But if I have $3,000 in a bank and I have $1,500 worth of monthly expenses, I may be able to survive two months until I can get back to work. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That make a lot of sense. Yeah. Sure, so one of, the big, one of the worst things a lot of people do is they overspend and they got to pay the interest back mm -hmm. and they make that same mistake over and over again. And I know some of the horror stories you've heard 
just people having to constantly use the credit cards and stay in debt. And it's just, it's really uh, predatory lending, mm-hmm. right? That happens a lot. So give me a couple of examples on that, the problems you see in that situation. About predatory lending or people spending more than what they actually have? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. So I can tell you predatory lending is usually a result of lack of knowledge for the consumer Mm -hmm. and also the mistakes they made in the past with their credit due to that lack of knowledge. But as well, people still need transportation to get back and forth to work. You know, they need to be able to have something of, uh, I, I didn't say even like installment loans. People mm. are easily to get the preliminary offers in the mail. You're qualified for this amount of money. Just come in today. We'll give you this money. Mm. And you'll say $3,000. They're charging you 30% interest for that. And because you have the income, they'll give it to you. Exactly. But when you're done paying it off, you're paying close to five, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000. Did you really do yourself a service? Because you probably didn't use that $3,000 in a matter of two months which is spend the next four years trying to pay it back exactly so you just took an L yeah pretty much <laughs> and with predatory lending you have to also understand too you know and I hate to say it but banks are in it to make money they oh, don't yeah. care about the consumer's interest they care about can you pay me back so I had a you know not to get too personal but I had a, a client the other day and the guy made about $150,000 a year by himself they gave the guy a $300,000 mortgage paying 19% interest mm. with his mortgage payment. So when I did the calculations, he should have been paying 841 a month with a standard repayment plan. Mm-hmm. He was paying over $2,000. That house lasted for about two years. He's already facing foreclosure. Damn, he needs some milk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need to get his name and address. I might try to buy that from him. Oh, yeah, and then we got something for you, too. When sure. you feel that you're you know, you're about to kind of go into a lane where you know it's kind of reckless, just say reckless speculation, and that's safe mm-hmm, every time. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes. to that man who paying $2,000 a month, reckless speculation. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, though, Last man. guy's terms. <laughs> but, you know, the, the sad reality about it is that people don't really get that concept because they're in their minds, I make the money, I'm going to be able to pay it, I yeah. can get it. People not understanding short-term and long-term, Turn and up. the bottom line is, stop trying to do immediate gratification and if you actually work towards having something where it's established for you you have a better foundation you may be able to maintain it opposed to losing it in two years after you get it yeah absolutely definitely with something you know like a house you know that's a major purchase so you definitely you know don't want to set yourself up in and it's such a rewarding thing for our culture to own our first homes and stuff like that and then you get it and now it's two years later you lose not only are you losing that home you gotta pay that money back and you still got the debt that you had when you bought the house. So, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some good Jews right here for the people, man. Sure. So I got a question for you. In your opinion, what's the best way to build wealth over a long period of time? So the best way to build wealth over a long period of time is, one, don't spend more than what you make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two, have more than one income. And three, look into investments, something that's going to return value to you. Everything that you, it will avoid putting money into depreciating value, things of depreciating value, such as people purchase cars mm. and they list, I want a 2020 Escalade. You know, that car probably like, what, 60, 70,000 today in two years, somebody going to be paying about 17000 for it, yep. you still got that car note that you're paying almost $1,000 a mm-hmm. month where you could have been taking that extra $500 a month or so, put it into a CD, money market account, something that's going to grow your interest. Exactly. If your money is not growing interest for you, then you're going to be paying interest for your money. Mm-hmm. So in the long term, if I want to see 10 years from today, the money that I could be putting towards an investment grow for me, 
I'd rather take that extra money and put it there opposed to things that make me look good for today or make me look good to the masses, if that makes sense. So look long-term, people, man, not short-term. Long-term. So you can't can't finance the buffs and the escalators (laughs) at the same time. At the same time. When you owe $10,000 on your uh, credit card, don't do it, man. Absolutely. You got to relax. Don't do it. I don't know, man. Like this, you know, this concept is easier said than done, though. It's easy to tell somebody, all right, don't spend more, you know, don't live outside your means. Because that's pretty much what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to start, that's the baseline. Don't the live baseline. outside. Don't live outside of your means. Yeah, because I don't get that many likes for behaving. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't get that many reactions. So let's say, okay, you, you completed the task one. You're not living outside your means. What's the next step in, you know, kind of uh, building your financial future? Just like Mitch said, finding something that's going to grow your money for you. You know, it's not all about just putting money into a savings account. You can save all day, but, you know, as you do, we have said before, you can't, you know, save out a problem. You got to out-earn it. Out-earn You know, it. Okay. so being able to have that money invested and then make more money than you're spending right now, you're already off to a good start. Now, true indeed, we all love to be millionaires one day. Do mm. we have a millionaire mindset is the question. Mm. If we don't have that millionaire mindset, but let's be a thousandaire at least that's yeah. probably more attainable Possibly. set goals right set goals for yourself and whatever those goals may be making sure it's something that makes sense for your situation and it's actually realistic so let's just say some people that are trying to get out of debt i'm i'm, I'm paying every month and you know these expenses i'm shopped at fashion override and finance paypal okay my first goal is to get out of debt First goal, get out of debt, start paying off your expenses. The next goal may be to build wealth, okay? Mm. So out of the money I was paying a month for those expenses, I don't necessarily see this money right now, but when I do start to see it, don't mean I need to go spend it. How about I invest it? You know, if that makes sense. So I'm no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you're basically this. saying, like, don't try to build your wealth until you pay your debt. Exactly. That's pretty much They can't work one in the same. If you're in debt right right now and you're trying to work yourself out of it, your debt is not going to disappear until you pay it, Mm. bottom line. And, you know, some people may use, like, bankruptcy as an outlet. Well, the reality is that bankruptcy even make you take a look at your situation now. They do what's called, like, a means test. Mm. So if you're trying to file for bankruptcy, I'm going to sit you down. I'm going to go through your finances, and I'm going to determine you can pay this debt back. Go ahead and do it, which the bankruptcy attorneys have the or the courts have to say. So now you should pay back your debts. You have enough money to do so. You need to go ahead and do it. Everybody don't understand that concept. Mm. It used to be people, you Everybody know. like playing bills. Yeah, press the bankruptcy button, reset everything. Within two years, be back in bankruptcy again. Mm-hmm. You haven't learned your lesson. Well, if you're going to pay me pay back this $25,000 in consumer debt, I'll probably be a lot less active in doing it again the second time mm-hmm. around because I don't want to pay that back. Mm-hmm. But Otis's sense. president <laughs> has filed for bankruptcy <laughs> <laughs> and he, a couple of times. Right, and he's he a billionaire, so he say, watch your mouth, bro. Don't ever call that man my president. <laughs> I was wondering now this this real quick too. But I think Mitch got another question. What advice would you give people right now during this pandemic? You know, because right now we're getting a lot of extra money, or we have gotten a lot of extra money. Yeah. Some people through unemployment fraud, but however, those people who did it, reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. <laughs> <laughs> How, what what advice would you give them? You know, should they invest in stocks right now? Should they just? I mean, I know you said already pay the debts off and stuff like that. So I guess mm-hmm. in their situation, they're at the point where. Can they build short-term wealth and long-term wealth at the same time? I would pause on the wealth until I can establish a foundation. Mm. You can't get wealth without a foundation. So if you have this extra income coming in right now, but, you know, it's not going to last forever, the best thing to do is definitely put that money into a cushion. 
make sure that if you are able to get back to work, you have something to fall back on in case you can't work. Makes so sense. short term and long term, if I can get back to work and I still got about $4,000 in savings, then I can make some moves once I get that extra income coming in per month. Mm -hmm. But if you spend it all and you're back to your day-to-day -day savings, then you pretty much didn't account for anything. Okay. So y'all hear that, man. We hear it. Say that money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my next question for you is, uh, what do you think is the best strategy to reach your short-term financial goals? Depends on what your short-term financial goals are. Let's say you want to open up, let's say, a barbershop. Mm. <laughs> Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Mm. Hey, tell wow. me yourself, bro. <laughs> okay. Infinite two. <laughs> so the best thing about that is having the mindset that you do want to be able to earn extra income, but making sure earning that extra income is not going to put you under with your current finances because you may still have a lifestyle and everything else to maintain. Mm. So if you are looking at financing or more so doing something like a barbershop, understand it's going to require an investment that may not be an immediate return for you. So if you can take on that investment and also be able to maintain your current lifestyle, that's great, that's wonderful. But if you don't feel like you're quite there yet, going back to people with the pandemic, set yourself a foundation where you may be able to dip back into that pot. The last thing you want to do is finance everything, going into building that business, because what that's gonna do is leave you with a bunch of bills. And when it leaves you with a bunch of bills, you got more than what you started with, so therefore, what's your level of maintaining if that return on investment is not coming back to you right away? So bankrupt. <laughs> Somebody don't do it. <laughs> just graduated high school. They're going in their first year of college, and they getting all these offers left and right. It's one of the most critical, pivotal moments in the kid's life, and it's the moments when they mess up their credit the worst. Mm -hmm. And but they're broke though. Like a college kid, you remember being a college kid. Mm -hmm. so you know, you, you go for broke sometimes. Like, what's some of the best ways to avoid that, but also maintain and sustain? You know, when you're going through it. Well, first and foremost, knowledge is everything. And I can say I've actually worked on my master's degree in finance, and they didn't teach us anything about financial management mm -hmm. for a master's in finance. Yeah. So the bottom line is understanding where you are financially. If I can maintain the payments, but I can't maintain the actual cost, then maybe I don't need it. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed because when I was younger, my mom, she was a single mom. You know, she raised six kids by herself. She had minimum wage jobs, three and four of them at a time. Mm -hmm. She knew a lot about credit, and I give her credit to this day because she should actually be doing my job. You know, mm -hmm. she knows a lot about it. But when I went off to college, I used to get those preliminary offers in the mail, you know, Capital One, yeah. and get, get $300 limit. I'm like, heck, yeah, I'm about to get me some shoes, some rainbows. It's yeah. about to be on the topic. But get your drink on. She used to take those letters and she would tear them up. And by the time I come back home on my break, you know, she said, you got some mail, but I went ahead and threw it away. And I used to be mad at her. But in reality, by the time I graduated, I was so thankful because I didn't have those issues. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is, if you don't know how to properly manage that financing aspect as of yet, if the income is not there for you, it's okay to live within your means. It's okay to, you know, maybe have, and I'm, I'm not going to say never get one because sometimes it is helpful. Mm -hmm. If you have one credit card and it's a $300 limit and that helps you to get gas and maybe buy groceries and you mm -hmm. got a job inside of the cafeteria at the school where you can probably pay it back and, you know, minimal, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But if you start opening up five and ten credit cards, Macy's, Nordstrom's, you know, getting shoes at Foot Locker, financing yeah. that too, you're already building yourself mm -hmm. a deficit yeah. before you can even get out to make the money to pay it back. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to avoid things that are not within your reach right now. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I remember a time when I was about 18. I went to Macy's at Eastland to buy some cologne. I opened up that card. Opened up that damn card. <laughs> and I never, ever paid a cent on it. <laughs> How much is the cologne? 
It was like 60 bucks. <laughs> but you go in there like, oh, I can keep my 60 and give me a card. I'm about to burn, I'm about, I'm about to burn this card. And that's what I did. And that was the first time I fucked my credit up. And one thing a lot of people may or may not know, retail store cards have the worst interest rates yes, on them. Yes, they do. And one thing they would do is penalize the mess out of you the moment you miss a payment. So your $300 limit turns into like maybe $1,200 mm. charged off in the collections. Now they want to take you to court for that $60 bottle of cologne. That's crazy. You know? They ain't catch me, though. <laughs> <laughs> reckless, reckless. No, it ain't reckless. They didn't catch me. And it's too late now, baby. Allegedly. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> so basically, so far we know that we need to pay off our debts. Mm-hmm. You know, before we do anything, that's the first. Pay your thing. debts, people. Pay Always honor debt. your debts. You, you, if you took it and you borrowed it, pay it back. Pay it back. Shows honorable. Shout Don't do the, a Mitch. Shout out to the Lannister. Right. <laughs> right. Don't be a Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Now. I don't know how much you know about like, you know, investing, but I hear you say it like you should invest. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm scared to invest. I don't know what's safe and like what's high risk, what's low risk. So mm-hmm. what do you tell somebody like me? So I would tell you, I'm not a financial advisor per se. I am licensed as a coach, but a financial advisor would probably give you more in-depth information based off your financial situation, what type of investments you should go into. There are low risk, there are high risk. I can tell you high risk are pretty much for people that do have that extra disposable income. They can go all in and may have a higher return on investment, but it's okay to start small as well. Okay. You know, so just having something that even if you just earn $300 in six months, that's more than you had beforehand going into the pot. So, you know, speak to a financial advisor. They can give you that information and they analyze everything for you and tell you, hey, based on your current situation, this may be a good idea for you. So. Okay. So I basically, I guess we could wrap this up by saying this, man. People, use your cash like it's your king. Make sure your cash take care of your queen, which is your credit. Correct. Simple as that. Pay your debts off. Mm-hmm. After you do that, come up with a plan to how you want to invest into you know yourself or long term and short term. And from there, man, you should be able to, you know, make some moves in your life, right? Absolutely. And I also want to shout out to GreenPath, which is my current employer of eight years. They're really, mm-hmm. really, really good company that I work for right now. And, and to be honest with you, I love that they're all in the movement for Black Lives Matter. Not only have we established, you know, that we are not secret about our concern for the community, we also were giving back donations. So if you want to donate to the Black Lives Matter movement, you can set it up to GreenPath as well. So feel free. Mm-hmm. Once again, that's GreenPath. Green path, baby. Green path. Nature's Non-profit. way. Nature's way. And then we're not talking about weed. <laughs> we're talking about getting your money right so you can yeah. buy some weed. So no more money spreads with the unemployment money. We got to stop doing this. Stop. No more money spreads with the unemployment money. Yes, yeah. please. Stop it. Don't go to jail this fall, man. Speak for yourself. Save your money. Invest it. Prepare for a rainy day. Make sure what you have right now is going to work for you in the future. And if you can't buy it two times, don't buy it at we all. We appreciate all you right. so Thank much. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you guys oh, for having me. Thank you, right. definitely. Thank right. you, man. All right, fellas. I guess this would be a great time for us to segue to people who have been paying their bills and who have the extra income to, you know, start different things and come up with their own business, man. So let's do our black business segment and support these guys who are doing the right thing with their money, baby. Check out my friends over at Natural Nation. They specialize in handmade body care products and aromatic candles. Go search Natural Nations on Facebook or go to therealnaturalnations.com. And I also want to give a shout out to Precious Picks. You can find her on Facebook for jewelry and watches. All right, ladies. If y'all looking to get your lashes or makeup done, check out Emerald Luxury Lashes. You can reach her on Facebook or Instagram. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our black movie review. New Jack City, man. Matt, 
Or let me take that back. Mitch, go ahead and say your line, bro. For the love of money. <laughs> Drop that shit, Matt. <laughs> On the streets, there's a fine line between wrong and right, good and bad, between those who enforce the law. It is a war out there. And those who break it. Gone are the days of selling on the street corners, dark alleyways in the back rooms of some bummy-ass bar. We ain't with that no more. In a city where survival depends on friends. It's always business. Never personal. That's right, March 8th, 1991, New Jack City, the cult classic. Directed by Mario Van Peoples, starring Wesley Snipes and Alan Payne. Then you got uh, Ice-T as uh, Scotty Appleton. You got Chris Rock as Pookie, of course. And, uh, you know, Billy Nunn is Dutta Man. I think that's how you say it. Dutta Man. Man. Yeah. <laughs> However you want to do it. Man. Uh, what y'all feel about this movie after watching it this time, man? I, it's, for me, it's been a long ass time since I watched it. So it really hit, you know, it hit me a little different than, you know, watching it back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it was a couple of things we noticed that was like, man, what is this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Certain scenes that just threw you off. But overall, I still love the movie. Um, yeah, I agree. Me too. I love the movie. I mean, but the the movie the movie just it just seemed more raw this time watching it. It'd be like, damn, they really they really was really projecting the crack epidemic in our culture back then. Yeah. And I I don't really recall no other movie around that time. And you know, all the movies back then kind of you know talked about drugs in certain ways, but this movie they really put that shit in your face. Yeah, went over the top with it. They had a whole apartment building, the Carter. That was like impossible. But and I used to think it was like that's not realistic. That it was. But even when you put it in perspective, man, they any pro if you ever lit in the projects, like the, you know the dope boys did run the project for sure. I did. <laughs> and this movie is definitely based off you know true story. I'm assuming or true stories. You know this definitely yeah, based yeah, off yeah. Uh, you know accounts of shit that was really going on. So yeah, even at the end, they say every neighborhood got a Nino Brown. Oh, exactly. You know. Right. And it was definitely like that. So what's your favorite scene from the movie, man? My favorite scene would have to be the infamous uh, scene that they used in the show Martin when he came in there with the Rockwilder. After they take the, the after they take the Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's one of my favorite scenes too, dog. What? Sit your fat out of the ass down before I make change. <laughs> that's my shit right there. What about you, dude? I think my favorite scene, man, off the top when they took over the Carter. Oh, like, the it, it showed the it showed like the grit and the grime of taking it over. And then also they come up like, right. you know, and it showed like their their structure was getting tighter, so it kind of was a little bit more revealing to how you know structure, you know, when they just regular dope boys and be making it big. Because it really don't show, they really don't show you like what type of drug dealers they were before. I mean, you mm-hmm. just kind of assume like, okay, these dudes is kind of just normal drug dealers, you know. Of course, they yeah. say he was selling, uh, they were selling cocaine before, and then you know, uh, G Money introduced them to crack. Yeah. Prior to that scene, but. I mean, besides the chain and, you know, them kind of getting the love they was getting at the club beforehand, you don't really see, you know, how they get money or, you know, how their organization was structured beforehand. You just kind of know G Money was his number two. Uh, Dead Up Man was the muscle. Yeah. And then... Keisha was, too. Keisha, yeah. Keisha was the muscle. Rocking my baby. Yeah. They really were. I mean, he never really... Outside of G Money, wasn't nobody else, like, really pushing the dope. Yeah, they just had their crews. Like, you know, you seen them, when, like I said, when the, in the scene, mm-hmm. when you seen them take over the car, you seen them guy have on a CMB jacket. Mm-hmm. That was their crew. Also, they muscle, they extended, but it was people who was hustling for them, obviously, but they ain't show these people. That's what I'm saying. You don't really see their organ. Like you see the, the top. Yeah, you just see yeah. the top, right. 
Okay. What did uh, CMB mean? Cash Money Brothers. Ah, that's what I thought it meant. Yep. They uh, that's they did in that meeting. That was it like that before the Carter, or they created that after they did the Carter, or was that Cash Money Brothers in the beginning? I f- I didn't remember. I didn't hear remember them saying that until the party that night when they toasted. Yeah, yeah. I think it was maybe New Year's that New Year's Eve party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's when I remember hearing it. With Flavor Flav. Yeah. And guy, they had some heavy hitters. At yeah. that. <laughs> they had some heavy hitters at that club. Nah, that scene. Now going back to that scene that my time scene because that's before the that's before they go into no that's after they go into the I mean the uh, the party right. Mm-hmm. So and you mentioned now you were saying you was you said that scene reminds you of some another movie though right? Paid in full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of scenes reminded me of Paid in full in this movie. Yeah. So I definitely think Paid in full took took a lot of pages out of this movie. Yeah, and, and like I said uh, before, you know the '80s the '80s crack era backdrop in Harlem. That's what I I think that a lot of them came from that you know even like movies like across 110th Street mm. you know like uh, th- those movies you know Harlem you know during that time it definitely take you it definitely make you feel like you in New York in that movie yeah. like it definitely okay this is a New York movie them being at the park like you said shooting that was another scene yeah. that kind of you know mirrors uh paid in full so yeah I agree bro like it's it's definitely a lot of parallels to those type of movies but I, in my opinion. This was that first big, like drug, like crack movie that came out, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, with the crack, era. with the crack era. Other ones talked about the coke because they was a little talking about those times, those times. But that was one of the biggest I remember at that time. Everybody and then really show the grit and grime of that what it looked like people getting high and you know showing the right. showing the showing the dope like right. that. Right. And then going back to it. I feel like Nino Brown wanted to be Tony Montana. Yeah, and they definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely because he's watching a movie. Mm-hmm. And at that, he kept saying, "The world is mine. Mm-hmm. The world yeah. is mine." Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think uh, Scarface came out in like '84, '85, and this movie was the time stand one. It was '86 Six to '89, right? '89. So they, did you know? Remember in Payton Four, they said when Scarface came out, everything changed. Change, right? yeah. But everybody idolized. That dude, Tony Montana, Montana, the guy that get, came from nothing and made it to the big, biggest boss, you know, you well, could, second biggest boss. Yeah, because nobody really knew Sosa, right? You know what I'm saying? That, that's the name you don't really know unless you got a political connect. But that's what it was about, though. I would say the other person that he kind of steal from too is uh the Godfather. Oh yeah, yeah. He, you know, it really to me, his personality, you know, it's never, it's always business, it's never personal. Like of course that's straight from the Godfather. Vito, all that. Yeah, that's you know Vito. what I'm saying. Yeah. So, and then kind of how he structured the business, you know, with him being at the top and him taking, you know, even though you can arguably say that Nino, yeah, Nino was the boss, but he really, he was only like the planning part of the, you know, being the boss. He didn't, you know, exclusively introduce the product. That yeah, was G Money. G Money did that. So yeah. Yeah. I always, I always say with any business, you need a visionary and somebody who has a work ethic. And if you got two and one, you bad, you out cold. But that day he introduced the product, and then um, Nino did the product placement. Right, and then Kareem set up the infrastructure. Yeah, he set up the infrastructure. You know, so yeah. But he, like you said, like the Godfather, like he set up that structure. Right. Around that, and uh, you know the the way the Italians moved, and we. So was Nino a man of the people or what? What do you think? Nah, no, he definitely no. was fake. It was all of a side. So just giving them turkeys out, it was all of a side. Yeah. But in a sense, they kind of, you know, talking shit about, well, I won't say they talking shit, but they kind of, you know, 
talking about the culture because now we find out through other movies and time that went on that's the same shit they've been doing throughout time in Harlem. Mm-hmm. All the big drug dealers did that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you look at him and you think, it's nice what he doing. You know, from the outside looking in, like right. they were looking from the top of the roof. But man, it was it was all of it really was all of a side. But it satisfied his ego too though. Like he, you could tell he's smiling, he was happy. Like well, the, it made him feel good in the moment. The movie tried to build him up as the anti-hero. Yeah. But they I mean to me they don't really do a good job at it. Of doing it because the movie started off with him killing somebody. Well, he didn't really kill anybody. <laughs> he let him drive. Well, he let him fall. <laughs> he ordered him to kill him. <laughs> Bullshit runs the marathon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See you in one one. You know what I'm saying? Like he he had a lot of moments. You'd be like, damn, like he ain't shit. Yeah. He <laughs> give you the moments to start off the movie. Like, okay, this dude really ain't a good dude. But the way the movie designed, he had to be though. He yeah, had he to be that kind of guy in order to be in that position. And that's why I'm saying he the anti-hero because, yeah, you feel like that, but you still rooting for him. Like, oh, okay, dog, the, I, I guess it's just a natural thing for you to want to root for the boss, yeah. even though the boss ain't shit. And, I mean, you don't really find out that they really don't show how bad he is until the wedding scene. Yeah, when he picked that little girl up and used her as a shield. <laughs> he ain't shit for that. Hey, G, it's a hit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, that... That whole scene, man, I, I gotta give Mario Van Peoples uh two thumbs down, bro. Damn. It, it was bad. It was bad, man. As we go further and further, we keep be- <laughs> like keep digging into Mario Van Peebles. I mean, I know man. this is his Damn. first movie directed, but I mean, come on, dog. You you got my man hat on the truck with the big ass Uzi, bro, mm-hmm. and everybody else see him, but don't nobody you know, my man running trying to get his baby don't see him. Like yeah. they didn't notice him in the back of the truck. They just saw the dude smirk, and now it's a shootout. <laughs> like, come on, bro. And they had, they had machine guns on deck just that quick. Yeah, like just they brought them. Where they get the guns from? Was they under the table shit. or something? Yeah. Like, because <laughs> I think they was walking towards the cars, but I don't think they made it all the way there. They just had all this artillery just bro, out of nowhere. Like they had caves. <laughs> I was all like, God, they were ready for war in an instant. I'm like, dog, y'all got suits on, so what? Did they have them inside the suit jackets or something? Dog. Nah, nope. not that big ass gun. Keisha was Bro. shoot. Dude, Keisha was a G. Rest in peace, Keisha. She Good said, shit. fuck trying to hide. She just went out there yeah. in front of everybody and just started shooting. She thought she was playing Call oh, of Duty or something, fuck. bro. Like, she went out there like, fuck it. I'm about to kill. And she didn't even hit nobody. No, she did. Nah. I thought she. She I, had one person, I think. Yeah, yeah I, but then it, who got hit? Who hit the dude that was leaving in the van? Like, he didn't get I think that was uh, G took, Money at the end. They took the fuck off. Yeah, man. I think that was G Money, like, <laughs> the last of the shoot. But oh. they, they, I don't think they, I think they got what they really wanted out of that. Like they really Scare just like that. To fuck them up. Yeah, like, it did. And somebody, and one of their best got killed during that time. Right, too. right. So yeah, they did. I mean, they of course they wanted up. to kill him, but yeah, yeah. killing, yeah. But he, he gonna pick the baby up. Man. Dog. <laughs> like I said, bro, it made, it showed you how evil he was, man. He wasn't Dog. shit. He's he all came, about himself. Y'all remember when he came, first came out? You still mad at me? Fuck you, then. <laughs> <laughs> like he he didn't give a fuck, dog. He was dog, he head. wasn't shit, man. So that that whole scene showed Mario Mario Van Peoples uh directing skills. Mm-hmm. Wesley wasn't shitting that scene. And then why wasn't I didn't shoot him? Who? I see. I see. Why I see just didn't shoot him, bro? Because it would have blew his whole yeah, cover. Would have blew it, yeah. But he ended the shit right then and there. Would nobody else had to die? Somebody would probably would have shot him. They still like. He, I mean, shit. He, he was. He wanted to get him so bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, they was hard. It, 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 he'd have died. <laughs> I want to shoot you so bad right now, my yeah, dick. Yeah, G Money, I'm gonna just turn the guns on him. Right. He, I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, going to the next scene. Well, I don't want to skip over the G Money death scene, but 
Yeah. You know, talking about the end of the where movie. Did, where did the little girl come? Who little girl? Like that little girl just walked up to him. Was just I, like, no, she dropped. Like, she dropped something, and she yeah, was going back to get it, it up. And then he went to pick it up. Wrong place right, at the wrong right. time. Damn, dog. If she would never dropped that little thing, she'd still be alive right now. No, I, I don't I know. She, she wouldn't have made it past him. No, the daddy she was in front, right? Right. No, she was with the daddy. Oh, right. He was on side of the van right, about to right, go, right. and Cause she, she ran yeah. back. And then he got killed. Yeah, he got killed up. Yeah, he got pops. killed up. Rest he got the killed peace. up. That's the peace, pops. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, they. I guess he made Mario. I'm, I'm, I'm digging into Mario Van Peoples today, bro. Damn. I, I like, I'm just saying, it's just so many little things in the movie that you mm-hmm. notice, and it'd be like, damn, bro, you could have did this shit a lot better. In my but opinion. that's, but that's now. We didn't see that yeah. back then. I mean, we, we watched it with the eyes of a kid. Like, watching it now as adults, like, it's some shit. Like, but, you'd be but, like, oh, okay. But to me, that's just evolution. That's just like, oh, really? things got better now. Things got better now. That we I gave it to you. You go, you go back and look at a lot of those movies back in the day. A lot of them was probably fucked up just like this one. I mean, yeah, you want to talk about Dolomite. That's one of the most fucked up made movies of all time. <laughs> but it was just as good as, you know, it, it added to the movie's prestige. But So I'm, you're saying New Jack City wasn't good? It was good in the time. My opinion now, no, yeah, it do not hold. All the 80 fight scenes was done. <laughs> dog, it, I, he missed him by a mile yes, with the punch. Bro, was, but this dude flipped over, did a 360, everything. Yeah, so. Even Dutta, <laughs> man, killer, you know, seeing when he died, man, it was just like, yeah, he got shot like seven times, bro. Yeah. He got shot a lot of times, man. And yeah, then he was holding on, for he was holding on bro. Like, I was he a demon? Like, how the fuck was he coming back? You want to talk about a demon? What's the movie with a. Uh, Wahlberg, what's his name? Uh, Mark Wahlberg, not Shooter, the other one, Lone Survivor or something. The Happening. He got shot <laughs> twenty thousand times, and he was still alive. What? The Lone Survivor, the Army movie he was in. Oh, oh yeah, he talking he about. He got yeah, shot thirty five times, dude. He, he was get, still alive. Hey, he did get a shot a lot. But you know what? That, no, that was a military movie. They had to make him seem like he was the yeah. hero. But you're right though. He did get <laughs> shot a lot of times, bro. And then his people, man, they did him wrong, man, because his men. They was getting shot in the head, bro. Like one shot to the chest. I'm talking about Mark Wahlberg. Yes, was bro. Shot, man. Shout out to Marky Mark. You didn't see that movie? <laughs> you didn't see that? I see it. If I seen it, I don't remember. It's a great movie. It is a good. But he got movie, shot bro. a thousand times he did, in his bro. chest. <laughs> and he was still caught. And still got a chance to get to the village, fall down the hill, get on the airplane. I mean, a helicopter, man. Yeah, it's it's bullshit. Like it. Man, speaking of getting shot, <laughs> your recipe G, G Muddy, bro. R.I.P. <laughs> Damn man, so, am I my brother's keeper? That shit. Was funny, so y'all think he was trying to, you know, do y'all think he was looking for redemption? Talking about um, Nino. Nino. Redemption by what? Like, did he not want to do it? Like, you know, was, was them tears real? The tears is real because I was his boy, but he knew he had to do it. He had to because he led by a code. Well, you crossed me, so I, yeah. I gotta kill your ass. I agree. Yeah. I mean, he told him on the phone when that nigga was getting high. He's like, if, he if, said, if it happened one more time. Way, if he isn't what you he say he is, I'm going to kill him. He did. And I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, he didn't kill him. Most, but definitely. He... <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. It was high as hell. I don't, man, I, you know, I'm watching that scene at that time and then even now, like, I'm thinking, like, man, did he really want to do it? Did he decide then, like, I have to now? Like, I can't, I, I can't do this. Like, it's over with. Like Mitch said, with the tears, like I think that's what yeah, he knew. That was his cue. Like this got to happen. No matter what you say, yeah, you my brother's keeper. I got to do this. Yeah. Now let me ask y'all this: Going back to what me and Mitch was just kind of going back on, mm-hmm. the part that didn't age well to me was him dropping to his knees, bro. Like I, he about to kill you anyway, man. Just just stand up and take this bullet like a man. You don't got to drop to your no, knees. No, I, I think it was extra, bro. No, it was extra. I think he was <laughs> trying to like pity. 
him into not doing it. like oh that's what made knees. it so weak like i agree like, like you, you definitely knees, i can't kill you when you yeah that, that's what i like, like in the movies and they be like when they walk away like mm. you can't shoot me in the back right it was yeah, yeah you're like right it was something thing. but to me nino was the type of dude like you doing that it like made him really weak like, yeah you really weak i can't keep you yeah. like if you're gonna drop down to your knees yeah. but you know looking in my eyes turned him up even more yeah you like oh yeah i can't exactly even though he is his brother right damn you know what i'm saying but it's like nah bro i can't fuck with you nah he ain't give a Fuck the same thing that they the same saying they use when they celebrated that my my brothers keep it that night New Year's mm-hmm. Eve, same saying he was saying when he was killing him like yes I am and like it almost felt when I first watched as a kid it felt like he was like protecting him like cause you you bad G you like saving bad. from like, himself because he was on the crack yeah, shit he was but it was. Like, I guess you can say that though. I'm my brother's keeper. Yeah. Like you messed up. You messed up right. everything. You, you got Keisha killed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he brought all that stuff Keisha, up too. The Dunham Dunham man, man did. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of the dude you brought. And it really was because of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you getting high well, and you getting in your feelings. And he wants you for you, Nino. He just he was like, right. Man, you terrible. Like, and then he told bad. him, you know, the reason, you know, why he did this is because he embarrassed him. Yeah. You yeah. 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 And that was weak. It's like, okay. You embarrass me, man. Yeah. Yeah. He was insecure. So he we can all agree. We all can agree. When Nino called him to the roof, he was killing him no matter what. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Damn. nothing that was going to be able to bring him back from that moment. Nope. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think yeah, it was a wrap. That's Nino's spot, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he should have had the G-Money dumb as hell, though. He should have had the foresight to do. Like, I got up out of there. I'm not coming to that roof, bro. I'm out. Maybe he just, like, I just, I ain't got nothing to lose. I'm, I'm nothing. Yeah, he ain't got just, no money. He just felt then like he, he wouldn't drop. He wouldn't have been for his life. He then. did. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I blame the director. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Van Peoples, man. Great man, but I, I blame him. I know this is you know debut, but whatever. Damn, <laughs> man. Let's get to hey, wait, the since worst. You, since you judge, yeah, him. I'm definitely about to judge this <laughs> next since scene, you judging bro. him. Man, Damn. the end, bro. When he came with Ice T, no, before the court scene, bro. Okay. When Ice T went and got him out the, oh, uh, yeah, the when crib, they went bro. Up in the crib. And he blew old girl that skeezer. He punched with her damn face. Yeah. <laughs> she was down for him though. Yeah. Arguably yeah. more down for him than old girl was. Hell yeah, because she was along the lines of the kind of chick he wanted. Exactly. Uh-huh. He yeah. wanted a little thought. Yeah. Street chick. Yeah. She was one of She was about now. to take the shot to the face. Damn. <laughs> like, again, if you make that movie today, you got to cut that out, bro. They're not letting you knock no woman out or no deal in that scene. It'll be a lot different, bro. Mm-hmm. If you remade this movie today, it'll be a lot different, dog. You couldn't do the scene where he poured a liquor on her. Cancel that bitch. Like, you couldn't say that. Like, well, it, I don't about, know. What, 10 years before that, they, you know, they did make a movie called Willie Dynamite. And he yeah, but that's the shit out of all. Of you it. couldn't make that damn movie no more. Not today. Like movie? I'm talking about today. Yeah, the pimp. Like today's like if you remade this movie today, you wouldn't be able to do it. Oh shit, I don't know. No. I, 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 Not some I, of these scenes in here. I, if I was director, I'm making all that shit I want to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess it'd be an independent movie. Then, I bro. guess it will it be. Would have been by the Warner Brothers. I master P that shit. <laughs> Sound like my trunk. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, I guess this scene was a good scene, though. It was a good little fight scene, and, you know, mm-hmm. you showed kind of Ice-T was able... I guess this Ice-T best scene? Like, yeah. it's the scene that really showed him being, you know... That's this scene that got him on... Uh, you talking about best scene yeah. in that movie? Yeah, in the movie. This would be his best scene, right? Yeah, this would got him in Law and Order. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> got him on there, special victim unit. Although, you know, that statement he made, 
I, I don't. Oh, what statement? <laughs> what, are, what are you referring you, to? You know what to say. You just made it earlier, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. Man, I'm not saying it, man. Y'all know what it is. Like, it don't make sense, man. <laughs> How are you so, you hate this dude so much that he aroused you, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't get that. Yeah. yeah. They, I'm blaming the director. They, I got what you talking about before. <laughs> I think people just directed masculinity from a like, dick. <laughs> you know what I think? That's weird, bro. That sounds like some Ice T made it by himself, though. I agree. I agree, bro. Like, because he was a pimp, right? Yeah. So that's the pimp that shit. He was. That was the pimp shit that you say. Like, <laughs> Again. Man, man, you made my, like, that's the pimp shit, I feel like. Cut. Hey, right. Let me come talk to you real quick, bro. Yeah. We gonna cut that last line. <laughs> just but I, was, I, made, I, I made reference to uh, the movie uh, Then Line Between Love and Hate. When t- when Tiny Zeusessa Jr. on his character in there when they when Bobby Brown and Martin Lawrence was breaking him up when he's fighting the club mm-hmm. and he said man get out my face man you making my dick hard man I, I don't get it bro this guy in the nineties man they were just saying wow that's wow <laughs> why how like I don't God oh man so besides that I, I think it was a good scene you had the whole community come together you know watching this you know evil bad man finally go down and yeah. I think when you watching the movie for the first time. You like, oh, they won. Mm-hmm. Like, he done. He about to go to jail. And then you get to probably the best, I would say the best scene of the movie, right? The ending, that court scene, the scene that's probably most memorable. Mm-hmm. Everybody used the most. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I would say not the most. It would be the other scene that we was talking about earlier yeah. with one? the dogs. Yeah. Our favorite yeah. scene, yeah. yeah. Like, that's that the scene that, scene. Yeah, yeah, but still, though, the courtroom, that's <laughs> another scene that just would not be able to happen in real life. Oh, yeah. That he to be held in contempt so fast. Ain't no defendant who charged with them kind of charges taking the stand. Ain't no lawyer gonna encourage and that. And they got all so he made a deal literally in front of the whole courtroom. Yeah. And got my man Kareem arrested yeah. on the spot. Yeah. He, ain't, no, ain't nobody controlling the courtroom that way. Man, what did he tell them circus. to get some shit like this to happen so fast? Like you need uh, you know the books. You need all that stuff to be able but, to get But Nino was like smart. This. He probably did have the books in that nigga name. Like, right. Oh, yeah, I believe that. I, yeah, yeah. I believe yeah, that. I so y'all don't think this was some shit he just came out of nowhere, like out of thin air. This was something he already had pre-planned. I would have had a pre-planned. In the pre-trial. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think he came yeah, in know knowing that he, yeah, he about nah, to flip it, exactly bro. Yeah. Because he was too cool, dog. He wasn't. He, he yeah. never looked like, oh, I'm about to go to jail. Like, for real. He was just yeah. kind of just like, okay, let you, me get through this. When you think about it, when he said, I got a whole list of brothers, he patted on his, on his pocket. You know, you're right, bro. That he no, had a, he had already had a list in his man. pocket, already ready to go. So, yeah. yeah. But he was guided by Mario Van Peebles on what to say. <laughs> yeah, man, get out of here, bro. <laughs> get out of here, man. Miss Hawkins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And it's just like, they just sitting there eating it up. Ain't nobody saying, you know what I'm yeah. saying, objection, nothing. Like, they just letting him go. Man, man, old girl was a horrible lawyer, man. Sorry, sorry to put that out there. Yeah, she was. You can't <laughs> lose to no district attorney. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, she's terrible. Yeah, she lost her spot, bro. Let him just had a floor. <laughs> that was a whole circus, man. But... And then let him only get. And then gonna look back and tell them like, well, we did, we we did get him. I mean, but, he's getting but a year. the part though that I thought was kind of realistic was like him getting off like that. Like he's like he played the justice mm-hmm. against himself. Like it made reference to actually like how John Gotti got off on the feds. Mm, yeah. If y'all remember, I don't know if y'all ever watched documentaries on John Gotti. Mm-hmm. Like the way he got off on the feds, like he either used the jury jurors, like he got down on one of them, or played the system against himself. Oh yeah. And you know, what I mean, a lot of guys like who was high profile did do that at that time. And you know, that's you know that's why they started increasing them guy they increased them guidelines. Like we are gonna take these people down for these amounts of drugs. Mm-hmm. So 
Who y'all think won the movie, man? Who, like, if you look back at this movie, like, who movie is this? I would definitely not say it's Ice-T. It's Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I think this movie is the movie that made him. Hands down. Hands yeah, down. Wesley Snipes is definitely. Nino Brown. Shout out to Blade. Dutta Man <laughs> with a close second, bro. Really? <laughs> no, nah, I'm talking to <laughs> <laughs> you. You can't say G-Money is second. I guess you kind of got to go Ice-T, right? No. Judd Nelson, bro. We about to out his ass with the blackface, bro. Nah, Mitch got him canceled, dude. That's what I'm yeah, saying. He, he done. Canceled. Oh, yeah, we done. Yeah, we about done. to start that up on the um, page this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if he's still alive, bro. Rest in peace, Judd Nelson, maybe. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I guess we can go ahead and wrap it up, fellas. We got a chance to talk to the people about credit, That's and right. then we got a chance to break down the car classic, man. Great movie. One of, one of my favorite movies growing up, New Jack City. Oh, yeah, mine too. So, Mitch, what you got for the people, baby? Once again, thank you for listening. Please go to our channel on YouTube at the Wise Guys Podcast Detroit. We need your support. And please like and subscribe. You can also contact us. Give us any feedback on Facebook. Like, comment, share. Please share with the people how much you appreciate the show. Yeah. We appreciate y'all. Yes, and then you also can catch us now on uh, Spotify at uh, The Wise Guys Podcast Detroit. Follow us on there as well. We appreciate the love, y'all. And until then, be true and be you, baby. The wise Guys signing out. Yes, sir. Pew, pew.